Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Ilker Akansel, who is a community consultant and strategist at his own company, IlkerAkansel.com. Today, we discuss the importance of and differences between developer relations and developer communities. Ilker shares some of his experiences working in the space and his predictions for the future. Thank you for joining me on the Community Corner, Ilker. It's so lovely to have you with me today. Hello, hello, and it's great to be here, and uh, thanks for the invitation. This is very exciting. It's a podcast series that I cherish, so it's only an honor to be part of it. Well, I'm thrilled you're here. Let's dive right in. Can you describe what IlkerAcancel.com is and what exactly you do? Fantastic. Thanks for that question. Of course, you know, people are listening to this and they're just saying, what is that? That is my name and surname. And it's an organization that bears my name that provides a community strategy and management consultancy. People might be asking, you know, this is an interesting name. It's a Turkish name. I was born in Turkey and I decided to name the organization after myself. Not that it's sort of massive. Maybe it will be in the future. But the reason being is that I saw that there are many uh, companies where people are actually naming after themselves that they've been successful. My inspiration to that has been the very famous tennis coach Patrick Muratoglu. I don't know if anybody has heard of him, but uh, you may recognize him maybe as uh, one of the people behind Serena Williams' uh, success. So um, he's decided to name his own uh, you know, tennis organization, uh, training organization after his name. It's sort of difficult to pronounce, but it, is, it has become a household name in its own right. So I just thought, why not you know, do the same for mine? Why this company? Obviously, there are hundreds of uh, consultants around the world. Uh, this is the very first one that I know of anyway, or one of the very first ones in Turkey. And it's actually you know, providing these services uh, as a pioneer company to that respect. And to that end, it actually has a few more missions. So it's actually also an outlet for uh, community content in the local language. And of course, it is a champion of community management. So what we try to do is we try to uh, get the companies to understand, to become more aware about community management. And finally, we try to be a champion of community management as a career uh, path. And then we uh, try and encourage young people or people changing careers to move into and progress into community management. So these are the things that we do, but it's by no means a local company. It is an international company and we uh, serve a lot of clients, local and global. So anywhere where there's community management and strategy needs, we try and uh, cater for that. A valiant effort, valiant goals to be bringing more people into this industry, to be teaching more people about this industry. So congratulations. It's a really wonderful mission. Thank you. So I know that you are an expert in developer communities because you've worked with a lot of developer communities in your past. So can you share some of your experience with developer communities specifically? Yeah, sure. It's very exciting to talk about developer communities for me because in, as the saying goes, I've cut my community teeth in developer communities. I was the community coordinator for Google's uh, developer programs in Turkey, Central Asia, and Caucasus. It's a big region, 10 countries, 
a few time zones, so to speak, and 50,000 uh, developers across these, uh, these countries. But the bulk of these developers were actually in Turkey, about 45,000 of them. So basically, I held this position for a couple of years and uh, I led a few programs, obviously the most famous being the Google Developer Groups, the GDGs, uh, the Women Tech Makers for a short period of time, and the same with Developer Student Clubs, a developer-focused uh, accelerator program as well. So uh, Google actually has this host of uh, different programs for communities around the world. And I was fortunate to uh, learn the craft, so to speak, uh, just doing, uh, doing this particular job. But it's not by no means my first community experience. I actually was involved in one of the biggest organizations involving volunteers. I was actually leading volunteers in London Olympic Games in 2012. So that actually got me really very much interested in uh, volunteers and, uh, you know, people just doing um, things out of their own, uh, you know, own volunteer, you know, wishes. So that actually got me into this profession. So it's uh, a really, really exciting time to be uh, in community, uh, in community management. So uh, that is my particular experience and uh, the bulk of it was with developers. And that's my experience that I can talk about most. So we talk about developer communities and developer relations. What is the difference? Right, cool. So this is a very important question, I believe. So a lot of people are uh, confusing May I say the sentence, for example, social media management and community management, which is a big, big debate that is going on in the industry. And a similar confusion exists between developer relations and um, managing developer communities. So in a nutshell, basically the developer relations or DevRel is nurturing mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and software developers. So it is very much an organization-centric function where uh, you are making sure that the developers around the organization have the the best relationship uh, in the interests of obviously both the developers and uh, the organization that that is actually the party to this uh, relationship. Whereas managing developer communities is slightly different Different in the sense that it is much more community oriented. So it is more like, um, uh, you know, uh, managing a group of developers, some technically mind people. These people are all specialists in their own craft and uh, getting them to form a tech community to help each other. And of course, if there is a sponsoring organization or a big umbrella organization, maybe like a nonprofit, basically, you know, just uh, uh, catering to the needs of that organization as well. So you are basically curating an environment an ecosystem where the developers are solving problems, they create learning opportunities, and uh, you encourage them to network with each other. So this is the difference, uh, so to speak. That is actually really helpful for you to define that difference, because I think a lot of people do use the terms interchangeably. So then when we speak specifically about community for our developer communities, what are some aspects of the community building that are unique to developer communities? There was an event that I took part some time ago, and there I was. I, I did talk about the process of developing something. So when we um, hear about when we hear the term developers, an image comes to our mind where there's you know someone in front of a computer just you know furiously typing into a keyboard, and obviously there's some stereotypes of you know people just being very introverts, and uh, you know some you know some images come to our minds, obviously you know for right or wrong reasons. But 
it's important in, in my opinion, if you are going to be managing developer communities or doing anything with developers, which is a very, very important specialism these days, that we try and sort of dissect the process of developing so that we can understand better. So bear with me, run with me on this. So basically, the concept of developing a piece of software, which is what the developers do, can be roughly divided into three sections or three processes or steps. So the first one is the ideation. So basically, the developer has an idea. They're confronted with a problem or a task that they have to resolve. So all the others start to form in the head of the developer, and they're then uh, trying to come up with the best way, the best course of action using the skills that they have in a particular language or platform that they're proficient in to solve that particular issue. So the second stage is the creation bit. This is the one where, you know, people are furiously typing on that keyboard, where there, where people are actually coding, building the code, and then basically they are actually deploying the code as well. And there's the third stage, which is a very important and crucial stage. It is the problem solving. So if anybody's, you know, dabbled into any sort of coding uh, at all, they know that this takes a long time. This is a very... Uh, sometimes it's a very thankless task, but it is the most important task because it's very likely that the code and the structure that you come up with in the first place will not be working and it will need tweaking, it will need updating. And, uh, you know, this is, the, uh, this is in a nutshell what a developer does day in, day out. Why is this important for communities? It is important because the creation uh, part, the writing code part is usually done alone, whereas the ideation and the problem-solving bits are usually done collectively. And this is what sets the developers or development as a, a specialism apart from everything else. Because it is a very, very, very collective way of doing work. So it's very unlikely that in many other uh, wor uh, many other specialisms, let's say project management or you know product management or something, it's, this sort of uh, collaborative level exists. So this is the reason why the communities are crucial for developers so that they can actually speak with other developers. They can actually interact with them in these uh, respects where they can actually share their ideas and uh, they can actually consult them in terms of problem solving. So this is the reason why uh, the developer communities exist in a way. So in that respect, so if you know these steps, if you know how the development uh, works as a process, then you can curate the ecosystem, curate the community to maximize the benefits for the members. So this is, uh, in a nutshell, what I can uh, suggest to, let's say, to uh, have a developer community that is successful. I mean, you have so much experience with developer communities and have clearly that kind of tried and true strategy. I mean, even just the fact that you look at how a developer works and then you implement that into your community strategy and building. I mean, it's clear that you have done this for a long time. I would love to hear from you as someone who's so deep into developer communities. What are your predictions for how developer communities are going to change or grow or just be in the future? Fantastic. That is that is something that I'm really excited because uh, community management, this is one thing that you have much more experience than me, but you've seen actually community management being completely catapulted under the limelight in the last few years, where it has become 
something, a massive opportunity, something that is very, very important for the companies and the community members alike. So it's important to start thinking about the future and what the future can bring. So my predictions, it's not not for investment, but certainly, uh, you know, things that you should be watching out for, in my opinion. First of all, uh, the developer communities are fast converging into talent communities. So development used to be something that was extra. So years and uh, years and years ago, I think it was uh, it was Horowitz who did say that all the companies are going to be becoming these software companies, the CEO of Netscape at the time, the founder of Netscape at the time. Uh, now, obviously, they have. So uh, developers are going to be a permanent part of companies and organizations. So that means that obviously there will be a lot of competition for good developers. It's great for community members. It's not that great for all these companies that are fast growing or traditional companies converging into into, uh, digital companies on their own. So due to this situation, I think forming talent communities and uh, being part of talent communities is going to be very important. So, so that the competitive advantage uh, for the companies holding these talent communities will be immense. So that is going to be my prediction. So if you're into human resources and if you're interested into communities, I would strongly, strongly advise you to look into moving into forming talent communities, curating talent communities, uh, how to manage talent communities. Even if you don't want to be a uh, full-time community manager, it's important to know the, the certain notions of that right. So that is the one thing that I would predict. And it's important for any company to have some muscle build some muscle into organizing things like hackathons and accelerators and competitions because those are going to be the thing to watch out for and they're going to be obviously fed by these massive talent communities that the companies are going to be, let's say, curating. So uh, we see a massive interest in uh, the newer technologies that we're all hearing about, about this Web3, about the, the AOs, the NFTs and the crypto space. So now, obviously, there's a lot of uh, emphasis on some platforms that are going to be, you know, very, very prominent. They're already prominent right now. They're going to be even more prominent in the future, like Discord. So having some skills and, you know, having an understanding about what the community wants from discussing these new technologies would be a great thing. So if you're a community manager just starting out, and if you're conversant, if you're interested into these technologies, certainly this is something that you should be uh, definitely consider, you know, looking into getting some more, um, you know, uh, some more skills in. So, and finally, this is something that I'm very, very excited and interested. Once again, you know, moving back into talent communities and to the sides of the company, to uh, the companies trying to get some competitive advantage out of co- communities, which is what we do in a way as a community consultants and professionals. These three terms are going to be the future, I think, especially in light of what we're all going through in the world. Upskilling, reskilling, and outskilling. I don't know if you know if you're listening to this and if you've heard of this, but the upskilling and reskilling is basically about the existing work. Well, they're, they're all actually about the existing workforce that you have. So the upskilling and reskilling is to uh, get them to earn more skills or transfer their skills into something interesting and something different so that they can actually uh, keep up with the times changing and you know just do away with some of the older skills that are not relevant anymore and gain some new ones. But the outskilling is going to be very interesting because the companies are trying to protect their reputation as the workforce 
is leaving a company or they are forced to leave for one reason or the other. So if the companies are going to be focusing on uh, training workforce as they are leaving a company and just giving them the skills as they're moving on to something else for one reason or the other, they are going to be they're going to have a massive competitive advantage and their 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 corporate reputation is going to be you know very very well affected by this so these are important notions and these are important words because a lot of communities are going to be built around these new actions that the companies are going to be taking in the future to stay competitive so these are my two cents, so to speak, in terms of the future of communities. Hopefully, uh, some of these will happen because as with uh, the common denominator for everything that is related to community management, it is for the benefit of the community members first and foremost. I think that those ideas are worth more than two cents, Ilker, and clearly very educated guesses. I think that uh, there might be some listeners who are going to start taking bets to see when these things happen, not if. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. It's been a pleasure. So uh, I'm very excited about the future of uh, this particular you know, profession, this particular uh, area of management now. So it's great to see that uh, it's actually going through the notions of what project management in a way, did, you know, a few decades ago. So um, hopefully in the future, we are going to have, you know, a much deeper understanding, a much, much mature understanding of community management in companies, in uh, communities themselves, so that both parties or all parties involved can get the most out of it. All right, Ilker, we have time for one more question because there are no limits on the community corner except our time limit. And that question is one that I ask everyone. Who is a community builder you would love to grab lunch with? Right. I am going to take advantage now. I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's not going to be one, just a few. I know you have just a few minutes. But um, first of all, I was going to say when I heard this question, I was going to say, it was going to be you and David, but I have access <laughs> to you both because, you know, obviously I'm part of the, um, the CMS. So it's great that, you know, I'm able to, you know, speak to you whenever, you know, there is the possibility. And also I was going to say Blake, you know, Blake Everidge, who's uh, the VP of community at NetNata. So because he's such a cool guy, I've never met him in real life, but he's uh, one person we will probably have bundles of fun having conversations. But if you're looking for people who are, let's say, let's not say absolute idols, but people I, you know, would like to, let's say, feed off from in terms of the the experience and everything else that they have. It will be the two Brits who are Richard Millington and John O'Bacon. I love their ideas. I'd love to get them all, get them both. If you're listening to me, and I hope you do, I know you're all Brits. I, I spent over a decade in the UK, so the first round is going to be on me. Uh, we're going to be talking community, and of course, in terms of uh, you know talking with Jono, we're going to be talking heavy metal music as well. And I think that's just reason alone, a good reason alone to have a drink with these guys. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing, Ilker, and thank you for joining me on the Community Corner today. Fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and many, many, many thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. 
This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.